Hello again, folks, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal UK Inside the Goblin Universe. I'm your one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. Excellent, Brian. Excellent. <laughs> and and we, we have a very special guest on with us today. Actually, this is the first guest we have on the new Inside the Goblin Universe with you, Brian, and I'm very, very honored that this gentleman is here, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm anxious for you to hear his story. I actually was, had the chance of getting an advanced copy of this book uh, before it was published, and I loved everything about it. Um, the author's name is Andre Verge, A-H Verge, V-E-R-G-E. I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there will be grabbing this book as soon as this episode is over, uh, but he had written a book called Nightmare in the Woods. It's just been out for a couple months now. And it is about one family's encounter uh, with uh, the the Sasquatch creature. And uh, Mr. Verge, we're pleased to have you on here. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, thanks. And I'm glad to be here as well. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've been looking for this for a while. Um, I got an advanced copy. I, I don't know how many months ago it was, uh, but uh, your uh, your publisher had sent it over to me. Uh, and I really just, I poured over it. I read it in one sitting, and it was just something that really uh, hit home with me. So you, you paint a, a great picture with the words that you used. But I'll tell you, Mr. Verge, a lot of our listeners here will be introduced to you the first time. So why don't you give us a little bit of bio about yourself, a little bit of background, who Mr. Verge actually is. Okay, sure. Actually, I'm Native American from the Abenaki tribe in northern Vermont. I originally came from a dairy farm. Uh, moved to New Jersey, um, became a police officer for a while, and right now, actually, I own a tea company called Tea Go Tea. That they found that reverses diabetes. That's now, awesome. That's an, uh, yeah, that's a that's a Native American Indian plant, correct? Is that something known from uh, indigenous folks? Correct. Yes. Yes. Very much. Um, and that's something else I wanted, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think this is actually a very good point uh, to bring up. Now, you mentioned that you are, you have the ancestry of, uh, of First Nations people here in the United States. Um, do you find that that is something um, indicative to encounters with Sasquatch-like creatures? Does the people who have this ancestry seem to be more prone to be open to these sort of encounters. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, in my culture, we've always believed in such creatures um, and highly respected them and feared them at the same time because, I mean, these are creatures of Earth. So, I mean, you always acknowledge they were existing. Um, in my situation, uh, I was thrust into it at a very early age and actually, for myself, became fearful of the whole situation. Right, right. Now, you, uh, unlike uh, uh, most of us who come into the Bigfoot legend, we 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 picked up on it from watching In Search Of or watching uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek and everything, but you were opened up to it from a much earlier age because of your ancestry. Yes. Yes. So you, you your perception, your initial perception of the Bigfoot creature is far different than what most people have when we talk about uh, experiencing Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, we knew it was there, but coming face-to-face with it at eight years old changed my entire life. That's when I realized that there was a lot more out there. And and that's what Nightmare in the Woods is all about, and that's why I think everybody's going to find this very thrilling, because it tracks tracks you. It tracks your experiences uh, through time. Yes. On, uh, going back to your history, Andre, did, did, were there any talks by some of your, uh, you know, your elders or your grandparents or about this creature? Or it was kind of like, um, no, we don't really, you know, nothing really came up about it. Was it something that someone in your family has seen w- uh, down the line or has experienced? No, really, there was no really talk about it until we actually had our experience. Um, I mean, I again, like you folks, I had seen things on in search of and and shows like that. Uh, I never watched Legend of Boggy Creek till later on in life, uh, and that scared the heck out of me, to be honest with you, after everything that happened. But uh, no, I mean, when I was eight years old back in 76, that's when we really had our major encounter, and it just stuck with me ever since. I'm sure it would. I mean, my encounters with this creature, not full frontal or really physically seeing it, uh, scared the heck out of anybody. I don't care who you are. Yeah, unfortunately, I've not had an experience. Um, I, I've heard things out in the woods, and I've I've sensed 
things going on. I, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, but I did write a book uh, entitled "On Wild Man Tracking Bigfoot Through History," so I do look at this as a very archetypal character that all cultures from around the world have uh, within their collective unconscious, which I find an extremely interesting uh, uh, situation, anyways. Um, but I'm really truly interested in how. Uh, First Nations folks uh, look at this creature. Now, did you see the Mr. Verge as something that were magical, something that were, you know, physical, a combination of both? In your in your tribe's culture, how do these creatures uh, play out? Well, I think in just about every tribe's culture, I mean, this is a being that is revered, also feared. Um, you know it exists. You You know where the boundary limits are, and you really observe not to cross that line. So there are like two sections. There's a section where the tribe members will stay and then a section where these creatures will, will dwell and you really don't intermix. When people read your book and they're going to definitely read it, it's a worthwhile read. Um, it, it'll it'll keep you up at night. <laughs> um, th- there are people also that, that, that they know that they exist and they stay on their side, but sometimes some things happen and you may not be aware of what's happening, but sometimes that happens and, you know, you get that clash, I guess. I would use the term clash. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's um, a good point, that's actually, Ron, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Go ahead, Ms. Virgil. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. Actually, that's what happened to us in our incident. We clashed. Um, <laughs> we crossed over each other's lines and actually had a standoff, you might say. Um and it continues even to today. I mean, I, I'm still encountering these creatures even now. And my whole goal in life was to avoid it and just to put this behind me. And I can't. It doesn't end. Well, when you in the book, you're talking about North, you know, northern New Jersey, where you originally had this kind of encounter. Can you go and walk us through that? Take us on that 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 trip into, I guess, the rabbit hole. <laughs> And that's right. let's, yeah, let's let's kind of start off with the beginning, so we can see what's going on and why it took place. So our, you know, we can then we'll go from there. We'll see where we, you know, how it, you know, mingles down like a river down to the new place. Sure. Um, back in '76, uh, it, it was uh, like everybody remembers it was a little bit different lifestyle. Um, it was a lot quieter and a lot more easygoing, and. We enjoyed things like motorcycle riding in the woods on trails, a long walks with our families, things of that nature. Um, one particular summer, we ended up having an encounter with this creature, and it didn't leave. In fact, we kept seeing it. It kept getting closer to our home and to ourselves until eventually I ended up face-to-face. Uh, and after a few weeks of, of dealing with that, um, we were hoping that this whole thing would be behind me. Uh, unfortunately, I started seeing this thing again in Pennsylvania on vacations. We had another encounter in Northern New Jersey with my wife and my children uh, that actually forced them to believe because up until that point, they just thought dad was uh, nervous to go in the woods because of uh, bears and things of that nature until they really realized what my nightmares were. And when they met it face to face, they, had a genuine understanding and even till now i mean we had our last encounter last weekend wow so yeah it does not end yeah so so for lack of a better term it seems that there's an attachment going on here there's some reason why this creature has attached itself to you and your family I don't believe it's just one i believe that there's numerous of course there there would have to be have a, a population um but for some reason, it does not want to stay away from me. Um, I've been asked to go on, on Bigfoot hikes and things of that nature, and I, I don't want to go. There's no way. <laughs> I don't blame um, you. I, I, even to now, when I, I live in Pennsylvania now, and uh, when I travel on my property, um, I usually do it armed because I just have a, a deep fear about what could possibly happen. Well, um, these creatures are massive. Given your past history and your past uh, work experience, uh, you know the deal with you know being prepared and and how to deal with situations, and you know how to assess a situation. Um, 
What's the different the, the distance between where this initially started up in the Jersey area and where you are right now? Um, I'm going to say probably a good seventy-five to eighty miles away. It's it's interesting. The reason why I'm saying that is because um, wolves in general have a roughly about a hundred and fifty mile radius of a hunting ground. So yes. uh, compare the size of a wolf to a sasquatch. Even on the low end of a sasquatch is probably about six foot. Um, if the if wolves have 150 miles, I would probably eat at least double that for uh, the Bigfoot. And then you're right. I I do believe from my research there is a community involved, and for some reason, they don't like you. <laughs> and um and I think it's like not like they have cell phones, but there are ways for these creatures to communicate. And maybe you know now you're dealing with not the necessarily the same Sasquatch, but a family member from down south. Oh, sure. And I, I don't know if it's a matter of not liking me. I, I think it's more or less, now that I'm looking into it, a matter of uh, having a, almost like a spiritual connection. And I'm, I can only relate it to the Native American trait. But uh, either way, whatever it is, uh, quite frankly, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> I, I don't want to deal with this stuff. Right. I mean, I yeah. literally wrote this book to put it out of my mind because I've carried it for 42 years. Um, and this was yeah, th this was a way my form of therapy. This, yeah, this was your way of exercising the demons of your past, I guess. Then, <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Um, but, but, I mean, I like I said, I wanted this gone. Right, but it's still with you even to this day, and that's the reason why at the start of the program, I brought up this connection with your Native American ancestry, because I, I think what Brian has pointed out, you know, the idea of not liking you, I'm not sure if it's, uh, it's if it's not that kind of emotion. I think that these creatures understand that you know that they're there and you recognize that they're there, and somehow you breached this veil between their world and your world and you now have this like it or not you have this connection which neither one of you creatures can avoid oh yeah oh yeah um you and stepped into the goblin universe my friend yes oh i stepped in way deep <laughs> it's a place i really didn't want to be because uh, this is not something i was accustomed to I mean, I've I've grown up in in the forest. I, I've uh, I've hunted and fished most of my life, um, but even with that, I still maintain a healthy respect of everything around me. And uh, like I said before, I can't go into any situation in the forest without being armed. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I agree with you wholeheartedly. I didn't mean to cut you off uh, about you know, carrying protection with you. You may also want to carry with you because they know what weapons do. They know what firearms do. Most of these creatures actually know how to react to it. But going back to your Native American roots, what I would suggest for you to have is also a machete. Um, that's what the Native Americans would have had. They would have had uh, knives or bows and arrows. And they know that, that even though a bullet can pierce them, uh, a knife can cut them in half. And they usually yeah. like, okay, but I like what you said about the spirituality that you have, you know, and like bringing that spirituality between your Native American roots and 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 now. Maybe there is something there. Maybe you are um, in, in in your in your your the, the tribe that you're with and the, the clan that you're with. Maybe you're supposed to be a spill a spirit elder or a, um, I've got the exact term. Um, and maybe you are supposed to get the, connected with them, and they're just trying to like reinforce that. But yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. Just to segue off that point a little bit, we have to understand that, you know, Andre here, uh, he's also the founder of the Tego Tea Company, which is a Native American tea uh, used to reduce the effects of diabetes. So he is using Native American medicinal properties and right. medicinal medicines for these purposes. So it, it's possible that this, this encounter that you're having with these creatures is something to be even more – uh, you know, mind-altering in the future. I mean, it's possible. I, I'm sure that it's scary and it's frightening and everything, but there might be a purpose behind all this madness. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's a path that, that I'm, I believe I'm being guided on. I really do. Um, I really try to embrace the Native side of, of my life. Um, and, and sometimes it does get quite scary, uh, especially with this type of creature because if you really think about it this is a wild creature that has thought capabilities like a human oh yeah so i mean if you have something that's that large and can reason and react as a human being but still have the wild tendencies of being a wild creature you have a very dangerous situation 
That's right. That's right. Uh, again, again, yeah, Nightmare in the Woods, I recommend it to all of our listeners. And like I said, there, there's a, a few very chilling tells in this. One of the <laughs> one of the stories was whenever you and your family were out and uh, you knew that there was something almost stalking you. And uh, there was that very palpable fear until there was a, an electric truck, I believe, that was coming down the road to kind of uh, be your savior in order for you to get out of that area. But you've had many experiences like this, didn't you? haven't you, Andre? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, uh, one experience I can relate is we were camping in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and we had our camper lifted and slammed down um, on one side. And afterwards, I mean, the next morning, uh, we went and we confronted the owner of the campground as to what possibly could have happened. And her ideas were it had to have been a bear. Well, after further research, we found that we were in the heart of Bigfootville. Wow. And, and it's like, this is not the place for me to be camping. Um, I have, I have uh, put a giant tie together with power lines because it becomes a natural access road through the middle of the forest. And there seems to be a lot of activity around power lines. Um, almost every occurrence I had had to do with either a gas line or a power line because it's just a swath cut through the woods. Right. That's that's the key. It's a it's a natural pathway for these creatures to travel without being seen. And yes, um, it's it, mind you, you know, it's not just a pathway to their home where they may have young there, but it's a pathway to food and their life source. So if you're interfering with that, let's say, not intentionally, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're, they're mad at you intentionally. Um, it may have been a, like, hey, you should have been staying on your side of the line. Um, well, let's remind you. Um, but once you start interfering with these things innocently, they don't see it that way because they're living in a different type of a lifestyle. Um but it's interesting. Every time that, that we've come across in my investigations, uh, power lines and pathways, we've had experiences that the the local dogs or area in the area know that when you start doing a tree or you do a tree knock, they just shut up. So you know something's going through those areas there. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm to the point now as far as being in tune with it, where I, I can literally go right where they are. Um, I we took a. a young lady out last week actually there's there's been talk about possibly doing a, a picture about my book at this point and she was curious about where these things could live so i took her first hand and showed her right where they are we everything from a nest to uh, the tr- broken trees that are all pointing in the same direction to right. visible markings in the forest to show where they're located um and she was stunned. She said, I, you know, I've, I've watched all the footage, I've watched all the programs, and I know much about it, but I've never found anybody that can literally lead me right to the spot. Yeah, it's always very difficult to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, myself, I, I always get a kick out of watching some of the documentary shows and everything on TV as far as trying to locate where this is. Give me a call, I'll take you right home. <laughs> um, but I, I don't want to go. Uh, we can start tours. <laughs> Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I do not want to be involved with meeting up with this thing again. Yeah. Um, my, my my last actual encounter was three weeks ago where I had another Sasquatch in my presence in Pennsylvania at my home. Was it at the home, like close to the home, on the porch, uh, or like within ice, you know, like... Like really, there's a certain barrier we have with uh, people, and then there's, pe- there's barriers with animals. Was it within that that barrier? Like, like, look, you go, you stay there. I'm gonna stay here. I'm leaving you alone. You know, leave me alone, type of thing. Uh, this creature wanted to make itself known. Um, I have two dogs, and I, I live on a large tract of land in Pennsylvania, uh, on a lake. And our dogs started barking. Uh, but they wouldn't go near the exterior walls of the house. They kept huddling toward us and barking. So when I stepped out on the back porch, I came face to face with that old familiar smell. And it it literally chilled me to the bone. So I closed the door, locked everything up, and the dogs continued to bark for a good portion of the evening. And the next morning when I went out, I found the trees bent down around my home. So it wanted to make itself known to say, hey, look, I'm here. I know where you are. Uh, let's just establish that fact that we know where each other is. Do you, do you ever have any one of the family members maybe seeing it through the window, trying to peek in or or take a look inside the house? 
No, this was our very first encounter at our house in Pennsylvania. Um, so we've never had anything like that. My family members have seen and smelled it um, actually in northern New Jersey uh, a few years ago. Uh, and after um, after seeing what they saw, they uh, weren't laughing so much at the, uh, the real crude uh, sci-fi moments in the Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah. Uh, when they first saw the movie, they were laughing at me saying, hey, Dad, you can see the zipper on the sleeve uh, <laughs> of the creature coming through the window. And they were kind of chuckling at me. Now they don't chuckle quite so much. Well, they, they realize this is the real deal. Yeah. It kind of hit home. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nothing like experiencing this for the first time or any time because it's just... You know, it's a it's a really weird experience. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if it's the same for you, but when 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 these creatures are within your perimeter uh, and close by, not only do you smell them, but there's a there's a tension in the air. It is there's this feeling. It's kind of like the feeling I um, as parents, um, you feel like someone's staring at you. You wake up and your child's right in your face. It's that it you just it's an uneasiness, and you can't yeah. describe to anybody. That, and people do laugh and. Uh, my wife is one of those that that would make fun of until she had experiences not with Bigfoot but with other things, and she kind of piped down after that. You know, <laughs> she was on board. Like, yeah. okay, maybe he's not crazy. <laughs> well, the, one thing, the one thing I noticed about all of the experiences I've had is the lack of sound. Um, just before you have your own experience, you'll notice that there is no movement. There's no sound in the woods. There's no birds. No insects. Nothing. Everything becomes silent because I think everything realizes that now they're prey. Oh, yeah. Whether even if they were a predator basis, they are now prey. So before anything becomes visible, you'll notice that there is no sound at all, and you can very quite easily hear the wind blowing around you. Uh, there's just total absence of sound. Have you, have you ever Whenever tried I, to you know, record these creatures somehow? No, I've never tried to record them. Um, I mean, it, it sounds kind of silly, but I've been more or less too afraid to get too close to the right. situation. I just want to be left alone. Um, that's, again, the reason I wrote the book was to put it out of my mind. Yeah, no, I, it, it's a great exercise. Now, yeah, so, now it's, uh, I'm thrust into it neck deep. Well, you know, maybe uh, you, you get it over with, like, you know, like get it all over with once and it's done and then you can move on and and maybe things start piping down um which i hope it is i mean you know there's nothing like your your family man and and all of us are and you know our our pride is our our family and we'll do anything to protect them so i get i i i'm feeling what you're feeling that you know that tension and like look leave me alone i'm leaving you alone you leave me alone yeah yeah uh and i've been contacted by a few different folks and and they all tell me the same thing that these creatures are trying to tell me something they're yep. trying to contact for a reason. <laughs> yes. And yeah. that, that's what it seems only, like to me. It seems like there's going to be a revelation in your life, like it yeah. or not, my friend. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had some major revelations already. The tea company has been a, a massive revelation uh, and seeing the outpouring we've been getting on that because our results have been going through the roof. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, I think possibly that might have something to do with it. I don't know. Um but it seems like no matter where I go, I come across either an incident or someone else that wants to talk to me about it. And now I'm almost amazed at the outpouring I've been getting from folks that just want to contact me to tell me their story. Because it, it's almost like I opened up a door and now people are able to contact me and, and talk about it. Uh, up until now, everybody's been afraid to talk because right. they're afraid of being laughed at. Well, yeah, that's the problem with this entire field of paranormal and cryptids and whatever. Um, in the past, it's, oh, you believe in UFOs? Ha, 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 ha. You know, they're laughing at you. But, you know, the, the great thing about where we are in this day and age is that you can talk about it. And talking about it actually does help you out a lot more than you realize. Because you, you know that you're not the only one. There's a bond there. There's an experience. Um, not that you want to continue with the experience. But if that helps to relieve or make your world and, and your life more bearable uh, i'm using a weird term but then more power to you i would keep talking about it um because you i, I think it's partially like a fear of the unknown but also from you know you want to wrap your head around this what the heck does this thing want from me oh gosh yeah, yeah that's, um yeah 
uh, even just to be left alone would be would be a blessing. But <laughs> I, I see that's uh-huh. not going to happen. So uh, I'm kind of opened up myself now, and I've kind of been helping others try to deal with their situations. Um, you're like a big let everybody therapist. Know <laughs> yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> Bigfoot therapist. How long have you been with Bigfoot? I mean, Sit on the couch. That, that's one thing I didn't expect to put on my resume, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, now, if I can help, I, I don't mind. Um, like I said, I've been speaking to a lot of people about this and about their situations. And I have to admit, I'm amazed at how many people are out there. There's a lot more out there than I thought. Uh, whereas when I was a child, I figured we were alone because we weren't with anyone uh, for fear of being ridiculed. Right. But now I'm realizing we weren't alone. There's a lot of people out there, more so than people think. On, on um, yeah, experiences. It's interesting because when we we start, we did our our first well welcome back show um, uh, last week, and one of the things that Ron asked me was, you know, your experiences with with Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and I was very surprised that through my research, um, I live just in one of the boroughs of New York City, but just outside of where I am is Yonkers, New York, and there was a report from a friend of mine whose friend told me about this, and everything they described where it was was Bigfoot. You don't expect it to be in a city, but it's it's kind of unnerving knowing that this creature is almost everywhere. Um, and. Yeah. You know, if you said it in the city, if people say, oh, what are you drinking? You're crazy. If you say it where you are, it's plausible. Oh, it's a bear. But, you know, to be left alone by this creature, um, I think it's virtually impossible where you are. But I think there there is a lesson to be learned. I don't know if you need to go into more of your uh, native roots and, and what you've done with, you know, like what family has done throughout the ages. Maybe, I, I don't know if there's a, a sweat lodge or a certain... Chanting or drums, a ceremony, if you can do, maybe that will appease them. Maybe you're, they're trying to tell you, get in touch with your higher self. Um, and I, I think you might be right, yeah, because um, I've been feeling that a lot lately. Uh, I've been really trying to make a connection back with my earlier ancestry. I and think it's great. It, it can be unnerving because, I mean, I, I'm diving headfirst into something I really know very little about. So... Right. I, I actually got a two-part question uh, for you. Uh, number one, is it possible that Bigfoot could indeed be your spirit animal? And number two is, um, how do you see uh, the the creature of Bigfoot? Do you see it as totally physical, totally on this plane of existence, or do you see it to have a spiritual element as well, and it can move between uh, different states of being? Okay. As far as my spirit animal, that I really don't know. Um because I would assume that if it was my spirit animal, it would be something that would be bonding to me, and I'd bond to it. I'm fearful of it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? This, maybe, maybe he's just trying to give you a hug. Have you ever thought about that? There's something about a 400-pound hairy guy that wants to hug me that really scares me. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I have to admit, I'm fearful. I really am. Um, it really is the the basis of most of my nightmares, and it has been for 42 years. I really don't want to have contact. I just want to be left alone, and, and it's, it doesn't let up. It, it doesn't leave me alone at all. Um, there isn't a time that I can't travel on any road where all of a sudden I'll get that twinge, and I know there's something just off the roadway that I just passed yep. that knows me, and I know it, wow. and that bothers me. Um, now, as far as, is it a physical creature? What I discovered back in 76, this was very much a physical creature. Um, this was something with a, a very advanced, intelligent thought process. Um, I mean, I, I, I was sitting right there as a child and having rocks thrown at me, and they weren't aimed at me directly, but they were aimed five feet from me, and... They were. It was throwing these rocks from a good distance, and it was putting them within three feet of each other, right next wow. to me. Um, so there's something that at any time I look back now and could have dispatched me with one rock at any time. But that's important uh, but to look was, back on because it could have, but it didn't. Yeah, I think it was playing with me, and it was also 
acknowledging me. It was almost like a first meeting. Um, this was my interview. <laughs> and it was an interview that I, I guess, unfortunately, went well, um, because now it doesn't want to seem to let up. Well, but, uh, how old were you when that when that first encounter really that that happened with the the rocks being thrown at you? I was eight years old. So, so just think of it this way: um, I've know because I have young kids how uh, some of the friendships start, um, especially if if you're interested in a girl, it usually starts with a punch. Um, it's not a way, way to do it, but um, this could have actually been a younger Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and around your age, and was you know bored with the woods and says oh look at this you know this person there and they know who you are and you kind of would know who that it was and it was trying to get your attention to maybe play so if this is the case and this is roughly around the same age as you right now you're talking about someone who thinks of you in a way as a friend and maybe is a little bit bitter that you're not playing with your friend well uh, during that incident that encounter it was we were actually in our garden uh, near the woods and it was my mother and I um, just to paint a picture, I, I we had been having experiences for about a week and a half to two weeks, and we were all on edge. And my mother was uh, gathering vegetables out of the garden. I went up as an eight-year-old to protect my mom because my brother and father were not home at the time. And I went up there with a pop gun that made noise right? Uh, in of hopes of scaring something away. And I discovered back then if you jammed the muzzle of the uh, the firearm into the dirt, it would shoot dirt out of the end for about 20 feet. <laughs> so I figured I'm going to, if nothing else, I'm going to scare it and blind it so we can get out of there. Um, the thing that bothered me and I look back on now is my mother was up there. This is a primate. I don't know if it was trying to distance or put distance between my mother and I to try to get closer to my mother for almost, I mean, I hate to say it, but like a mating instance. Or if it was trying to play with me, um, I noticed that during our encounters, this thing was getting increasingly closer to us, uh, to the point where, at the closest spot, it was two feet from me. Wow! And and behind behind me, breathing on me. Um, at the at the when I was able to see it clear enough, I was five feet and it was in front of me. Um. And I'll be honest with you, the the vision, the memory, is burned into my brain much so more than anything from the moonwalk to the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> anything. This is this takes priority in my brain as far as what I saw. Oh yeah. And even though I, I view people that want to meet this and want to get a picture and want to see it for themselves, I want to be left alone. I don't want to see that again. Oh, I, 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 because yeah. That would be I, I terrifying. saw the ultimate. Oh, I saw the absolute power and the absolute intelligence staring at me, um, and realized that this is not a joke. That this is a, a very, very serious situation, and it's it's going to end, in my opinion, one day badly. Something is going to happen. Well, if it keeps building this way, yes. I mean, we're, we're encroaching on its territory, and it's fighting for its own. Um, and I'm asked all the time, how come there isn't a physical specimen? Uh, if you have something that's this intelligent, and mankind believes itself to be the most intelligent thing on Earth, uh, and we, of course, bury our dead, what's not to say that it doesn't bury its dead? Yeah. You'll never find one. Um, I mean, and and we, we, if you saw somebody lying dead in the, in the woods, would you do something about it or just walk away? Of course, most people are going to do something about it. And that's a very interesting point, too, to follow up on that. Um, we talk about the uh, the appearance of these creatures in uh, Native American uh, culture and folklore, but we don't take into account that this might be a very self-aware creature. We talked about the intelligence, uh, but we, we never considered that they might have their own spirituality as well. And that part of that spirituality may indeed be burying their dead, which is the reason why we find nothing. Yeah. 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 Um and and if you notice, it's been in every culture around the world. 
Yes, yes. Even in places like 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 Australia, where where you know human habitation had to come there through uh, you know uh, through through uh, sea travel, uh, we even have the incidences of the Yowie there, yes. and it is one of these creatures that straddles physicality and the spirit world as well. It's part of their dream time there. But yeah, when we look at all cultures around the world, we have this idea of a hairy wild man that lives right beyond the reaches of civilization. It inhabits its own world, and it's still means something to us, right? I mean, no matter if people are ardent believers in, in the Sasquatch or if they're the most diehard skeptics, uh, you cannot refute the fact that these creatures indeed do exist within our memory for whatever reason. I mean, they're a part of who we are as human beings, and, and that's why, uh, Mr. Verge, you coming onto our program, it means so much to us because now we're getting a first-hand account of what an experiencer goes through in encountering such a creature. So, like I said, again, Nightmare in the Woods. It's a must-read for anybody that even has a passing interest in, in uh, the Bigfoot and the folklore of, of the wild men around the world. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, it was a, it was an experience to write it, and it was definitely something that, that was trying to relieve some of the, the tension and memory in my mind. Um, I'm hoping one day it'll do that. Not <laughs> a whole lot. You know, I, I, one of the things we were talking about is the intelligence of, of this creature. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, in many circles that this could be the missing link, be, you know, between us and, and, and primate and ape. Um, this seems to be a, a, a creature that definitely takes on some major humanistic type of qualities. Um, they're very intelligent. They think they do interact has been numerous times when they they interact with young people uh they offer some people that have them on their property have offered made offerings to them and they've received things in return there's kind of like a relationship or rapport there um but the intelligence is so vast with these creatures there's there's one story and someone similar who's out 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 in the woods has a big piece of property and um basically these creatures He's trying to videotape or, or get on tape to, to prove to, to people that we have this. He uses those um, game cameras, and yeah. the creatures know where the game cameras end and where they won't see them, and they will set up forticades around the perimeter, and they've actually just destroyed these, these game cams. Um, it's very interesting. That's why most people don't get really good game cam footage. I think because of the way the creature's eyelids are like a lemur, they actually can see the infrared that's coming down. And they know. I mean, it looks like we don't see it, but they have the ability. They're, they're tremendous at night. So, you know, the intelligence that this creature can see and know that that's a camera and you, you don't want to be caught on that for whatever reason speaks volumes. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny you bring that up because we had our own incident with that this past summer. Uh, um like I said, we, we have 43 acres in Pennsylvania on the lake. And we have a lot of room to roam around and do things. And we, one of the things we do is we like to put game cams out. And we'll put, like, apples or things like that out to catch some of the deer right. or maybe a fox, that type of thing on film. Um, we watched the game cam flashing for a solid half hour. <laughs> and we figured, by God, we have got probably a herd of deer or maybe a bear. Everyone was excited. The next morning when we went out, um, we retrieved the camera. My oldest daughter started downloading the film. And again, there was over 46 or 47 shots that were taken. Uh, the first one was of her putting the game cam out. And the next one was of her retrieving it. Everything else was blank. Wow. And I have no clue. I mean, coming from a, a police background... I could not make heads or tails on how this thing was black, registering all those shots, and every shot was black. It, it's it's super intelligent because it can see these things. It can see the infrared that's there. Um, it knows it'll trigger it. It'll, it. See, as a police officer, you know that when you go into a place and you've been living in your home for so long, you know when things are out of place. So yeah. when you come into a place and you see an extra bump on a tree, you're like, no, nah, that's not right. And then you kind of investigate it from different angles, and you're watching it, and then you realize what it is. Um, that's yeah. how you can kind of like trick the camera. And and I'm I'm gonna wager that these things are so intelligent that they know what the battery life is or how long it lasts from their past experience. So they'll just keep playing around with their finger over over the sensor, 
and flash, 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 yep. flash, flash. It eats up your battery. And, I mean, there's, there's reports of these creatures ripping them off of trees and putting them in the dirt. Yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> we, we had one thought of what had happened because we had placed the, uh, the bait six feet from the camera, and the only thing I could think of, uh, just one of the shots, because there was a little bit of light that was poking in, is that something put its palm over the camera <laughs> and then ate, every, ate everything and then walked away. Well, it, that's, I, that, that would be great. I'd love to see oh, that. I mean, it, it, it blew my mind away when I saw this. It's like, this is impossible. And then, I mean, I started going back to what was going on. And, of course, it was before the book came out. I was in the process of just starting to write the book. And my kids looked at me and was like, Dad, is this what I think it is? And it's like, I don't know, but we moved to Pennsylvania to get away from this, <laughs> and now it's starting again. Well, you have a friend in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Oh, I that's see right. That. Yeah, he's about eight feet tall and six hundred pounds. But you have friends in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I'm never quite alone. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about maybe inquiring a drone and maybe try to go up above the, the tree line to see if they're there? Because um, some of these I, drones can I, see down. Just so you kind of get an idea of what their perimeter is. So now you you, you know you kind of get an assessment of like, okay, well they're really hanging out in this tree line over here. So I'm going to avoid that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I am a, a very basic guy. We just barely got our very first uh, smartphone. Huh? So drones. Amen, brother. Like... Amen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm kind of amazed that I was able to answer the phone today because I'm still learning how to use this thing. So I'm I'm kind of a basic type of guy. Um, drones to me, I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, I understand they're little helicopters cameras on them yep pretty uh, much and i i would love to have someone come in and try it i, I definitely would need help doing this um, Do, um as a matter of fact my ipad until a few months ago pencil. so <laughs> uh, i have a different lifestyle did you find um other people in the area like to the local town um know about this or have discussed it or um there's whispers but what's well, been taken I've on run into a yeah, I've run into a few people in town, um, and surprisingly enough, they purchased my book, and when they started reading it, they approached me and they said, are you the same guy? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's me. And then they start re relating their account, and they're saying, boy, you moved into a, an awesome place because there's a lot of activity around here, and I'm thinking, oh my God, what did I do? Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and and then I, I started looking into the history. Now I, I'm not too far away from Port Jervis, Pennsylvania, or Port Jervis, New York. Right. Um, and I found out that that for the longest time was the second hottest Bigfoot encounter area in the country. That's a it's a and, pretty big hot spot because the, that's where um, the, there is a pathway there. Uh, we found through previous research that these creatures do travel. Yeah, yeah, and then of course my my other stomping ground was uh, I used since I used to live in Vermont, we would travel a lot extensively to New York, and we would stop in Whitehall, and oh, I yes. found that that was that was the number one place. And in fact, I ended up meeting a former police officer that had his own encounter, and they've had documentaries about his encounter as well. So it's 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 been an interesting ride. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, as, as being part of the uh, uh, the uh, Paranormal UK network, a lot of our listeners uh, originate from you know England and Scotland and, and and the rest of Europe. But I wanted to point out that uh, whenever people think about Bigfoot, they automatically seem to assume that this is something um, uh, situated in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and, and that does indeed occur. But but we're forgetting about areas of New Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania that really are you know in the top ten of Bigfoot encounters uh, in the United States. So I think a lot of our listeners have to realize that it's just not about uh, Oregon and Washington State. This also occurs in the eastern states as well, and sometimes to a, a much more concentrated uh, areas than we're talking about in the uh, West Coast. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I've, I've been getting reports and speaking to people all the way down to Florida, Louisiana, um, up into Maine. Yeah, all the way up into Canada, uh, I've been getting all types of uh, emails and phone calls from folks that are relating their situations to me. And I realize now it, it's so widespread 
and also it's not just on on the uh, the U.S. Uh, not in the states here. It, it goes much further. Um, th- there's reports from Russia, China, like you said, Australia. It, it's everywhere. Um, so it's not just something that's limited to America. It, it, this is worldwide. Yeah, it's it's pretty vast, and and people don't realize it. It's different cultures have different names for the the actual creature. But um, one of the things that we did, well, the research that I found out was that in general, when you get to the middle portion of our country, these creatures seem to be a bit more aggressive with uh, individuals. Yes. And I think it's because of the lack of uh, population density. Um, as yes. you get to the East Coast and the West Coast, they kind of like uh, coexist. I know you're there. They don't really know I'm here, so they don't want to start because they know what the people can do. The humans are not always the peaceful people on the planet, and um, they can get hurt through. There's a coexistence there. But when you mentioned Whitehall, uh, we had a report recently. There was uh, a creature um, anywhere from Bigfoot to another cryptid out there, similar in vain, um, that was harassing cattle. And... um, one of the steer over there got its uh, head ripped off by this 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 creature. Now, I don't, you know, that's very aggressive and like, wow, that's that's violent. But you have to understand, this is a creature that needs to feed its family. This is how they feed their family. So I don't oh, think yeah. it was a disrespect to the owner or trying to you know prove a point. I think it was like, look, I'm hungry. I want to eat. They don't know, you know, to ask please yeah. or thank you. Um. <laughs> and, and, and getting back to the idea that this is a connecting, uh, uh, you know, a connecting type of um, behavior uh, to other creatures around the world, this is also reported in Tibet and Nepal that the, the creatures they call the uh, abominable snowman, the yeti over there, also hunt in the exact same way with the yak in that area. Oh, yeah. That's probably a very efficient way of doing things. I mean, it seems kind of uh, grotesque when we think of it, but if you think of an animal trying to disable, you know, a two thousand pound prey. Uh, animal you know this is probably one of the best most effective ways to do it because it eliminates any kind of fighting back at all yeah oh yeah and i mean i I still believe in my right down the tips of my soul that as far as this creature being docile uh it depends on how far it's pushed (laughs) um there was the the account in 1959 of the nine students in russia oh yeah and oh yes i mean that that was definitely a serious incident, and to again being that I have the police background, to see the the footage and, and the uh, of the recovered bodies, and realizing the extent of the damage that was done, this is something that can very easily turn into a tragic incident. That, that, that's true. And, and, and the incident that you're talking about there, that's the Yatloff Pass incident over there. And uh, it, it's interesting that you brought that up because the last show that I did with uh, my other co-host, Andy Mercer, on the uh, Transatlantic Para Radio Show, we actually did a show just on that incident. So if any of our listeners care to listen to that on the archives, feel free to jump over there because it's a very seminal incident in uh, regards to a possible uh, uh, encounter uh, between a Bigfoot and human. So I'm glad you brought that up, Mr. Birch. Yeah. Oh, great, yeah. I mean, I tell everybody, because I'm asked a lot of times about, you know, people want to have their own experience, and I tell everyone that wants this, leave it alone. Don't let curiosity get the best of you, because you might be surprised at what counts on there. Um, Just give it a wide berth, know it exists, leave it alone. Uh, There's no reason to go treading on this any more than we already have. Yeah, you don't want to poke the bear, as they say. Uh, in general. <laughs> yeah. Although, although I actually do want to poke the bear a little bit, and um, if you'd have us out there, I think <laughs> I'll grab Ron and we can just do a quick just walk through. Uh, I'm not here really to poke the bear. If we see it, we see it. If we smell it, we smell it. But I would love to investigate a little bit um, without causing you any harm or any any incident. But that's something later on. We can discuss that <laughs> in the future sure, when yeah. it gets warmer. <laughs> If, if you'd like to, to go out for a, a, a little tour, you might say, I'd be happy to show you right where they are, <laughs> uh, happy to show you the signs. I mean, I uh, I kind of freaked out my family a little bit because when we did that one little tour with a lady that's interested in possibly doing a movie with us, um, we found signs where there was a, a tripod in the middle of the forest right. that was 20 high with logs that had a 8 to 24 inch diameter. Yeah. It's, it, and there's no way that you can get a machine in there, and there's no 
nothing in nature that would form a tripod out of logs. Oh, and, and, and nothing in nature that you will take a tree out of the ground with its own bare hands and turn it upside down and put it back in the ground. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I mean... This is it's a pretty unnerving. Like, okay, if it can do that, it could snap my neck and without even thinking. I think it blow you know just burp at me and and I, I'd be you know obliterated. But oh it's, yeah, it's not to poke oh, the yeah. bear. It's just to just to see the see the the area. Um, have you ever thought about maybe putting an area on the property away from the house where you can leave maybe an offering? Uh, apples they like uh, sour apples or not sour apples but uh, rotten apples and they liked mash and. Just to leave them some tea, maybe even. <laughs> well, actually, I, I really wanted them to just move on. I figured as far as the offering, they've already taken my sanity for, most, for the most part. <laughs> um, so I, I didn't want to have them any closer than necessary in fear that maybe more than one would start to show up thinking of smell buffet. Right, and and I agree with you. It's not something I would normally suggest to anybody. But yep. it, it seems to me that whatever... Whoever or how many ever are are there and they're trying to get your attention, I personally believe that if they really wanted to hurt you or harm you or any one of your family members, they could have done it in, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think there's more to it, like we were discussing earlier, that they're, they're looking for um, a connection. And maybe if you say, look... Uh, I'm going to get in touch with my Native American roots. Uh, here's I'm going to put a place that's away from everybody. I'll leave something here every once in a while um, as a truce. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we'll maybe th that's all it's needed. Like I acknowledge your presence by putting this here. Um, oh, I understand. Yeah, um, and, and I, I I know where you're coming from. Um, my only big fear is at the next offering when I'm putting it out there. What happens if it stands behind me? Well. I don't. I don't blame you. I would have the truck ready and available to get out of there uh, pretty quick. Yeah. But um, you got to understand when you mentioned that it was breathing down your neck. You real. I mean, it could have just grabbed you without even thinking about it. Apparently, I don't think it really does want to hurt you or harm you. I don't think it's aware it's scaring the hell out of you um, and the family. I just think that it definitely wants to to somehow connect. Um, yeah. So. Hopefully that's that that works out. Yeah, and when you say breathing down my neck, uh, that was actually literally happening. Yeah, no, no, I that's could what... feel the wind hitting the back of my ears. That's what I, you know. <laughs> I, I probably would have soiled my pants at that point, and I do investigate these things because of of how yeah. close it is. But you know, uh, my experience with them, they they could have killed me at any point in time or anyone in the group. Um, you know, if they wanted to, they could have really hurt us, but they didn't. And um, that's, that speaks volumes to me about this type of a massive, and we're going to say it is a predator because it's, it's you know, it does eat and, and hunt. Um, so there's a big difference between that and, like, uh, an opportunist. It had plenty of opportunity. It had plenty of times to do whatever it wanted, but it didn't. So, yeah. I, I would I, hopefully that would rest on your you know I, your sanity. I mean it's kind of hard to when you're like okay I don't want this here blah 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 you know, uh, but yeah well, I know I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah I, I literally agree with you. huge. I you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now uh, uh, before we get off and, and, and we're closing down on time, so I, I want to go over the uh, the book a few more times. Uh, where is the best place to buy this book, my friend? Well, we're actually selling it in two places. Um, one, we're selling it through the publisher at glanantty.com. It's actually G-L-A-N-N-A-N-T-T-Y.com. Or we can buy it on Amazon. Great, great, great. And it's it, this is not an expensive book. You can pick it up for 9 bucks. I, I, I would think that everybody, as I've said before, that even has a passing interest in this, you know, pay your 9 bucks, sit down, you got your evening already taken care of, and it is really a fascinating story. I mean, this is one of those things that is good even on your uh, in your reference shelf for those budding uh, cryptozoologists out there because you can see uh, the behavior of such a creature and uh and and your stories really just jump out i mean it's very cinematic in the way that you do uh present the evidence and your experiences mr verge and i think that this would make a very cool movie now what is the uh what is the situation now regarding uh, you know selling the rights to a movie house well being that this is my first book i mean this only came out in january um, that's right a couple we months up, couple months 
Yeah, we were actually confronted because the storyline, uh, I mean, like I said, I was really just trying to get it out of my brain, but the storyline flowed so well, uh, and it was so realistic that they're looking at, at this point, getting something together as soon as possible. Um, right down to the fact that actually actors have been commenting on it. Uh, I, I can't reveal who, who's looking to be in the, the movie at this point. Uh, and it's a very exciting situation right now, but this is all new to us. We didn't expect anything like this. That's but, right. Uh, and, and it would be cool to, yeah, from, from, from a read. I mean, it just, just from, you know, uh, uh, a consumer that's sitting down to read it, um, it, it does read almost like a screenplay you know it, it, there's a lot of action in it there's not a lot of uh you know downtime it's it's a roller coaster ride from from beginning to end and uh you know the publishers again uh, uh galant tie you said it was the publishing company yeah, they did a, yeah. a a great job putting it out in its in the form in, in which they did. So yeah, you're very lucky there, my friend, and uh, you, you did a really really good job. And uh, as I've said, not only is it a great book to sit down and read, but it would also be a great book to sit down and watch. Oh, uh, very few, yeah, very few Bigfoot movies that have come out, uh, you know, recently have been any good. It's been sensationalized. Or it's been, you know, uh, shoddy at best. You know, uh, the one movie that they came out with uh, a few years ago, uh, Willow Creek, uh, by Bobcat Goldthwait. I don't know if any of you guys have watched it or not. Yes. Uh, but, yep. but I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better uh, Bigfoot movies made. And um, whenever I was reading this, um, it almost seems as if uh, you know you have that family perspective in that very harrowing uh, situation uh, that takes place, you know, in, in the shadows. So you know, it, it has everything you're looking for. It has suspense. It has some good uh, research and uh, just a good job. And like I said, I recommend it to anybody. Nightmare in the Woods, A.H. Verge, folks. As soon as you're done listening to this program, I urge you to either go to uh, com or go to Amazon.com and pick this book up. Definitely pick up a copy of this book. It, it, you'll enjoy it. It's enjoyable. And in this insanity world that we live in right now, we need a little enjoyability. Sure. That's right. Sure. And, Are and, you going to be at any conferences or anything, sir? Excuse me? Are you going to be doing any conferences? Or are you going to be going on the road doing any kind of uh, talks or anything? Well, actually, I've been doing a, a large amount of book signings lately. Um, and I've been asked to do a couple of lectures on the situation. But... Uh, Really, we're just getting started because, like I said, we're only a couple months into this, and it's been a whirlwind as, as far as a response. Uh, we never expected anything like this at all. And just curious, uh, right, right. to get the, uh, your your tea company, what is the address of the tea company if those are interested in uh, trying out that tea? Because it sounds like it's a, a great revolutionary way of you know managing your diabetes at this point. Sure. Actually, it's www. Tego, T-E-G-O, T-E-A dot com. Uh, and what it is, it's an all-natural Native American recipe that's been in my family for over 300 years, and we released it this year to the world um, with amazing results. As a matter of fact, a lot of folks that are on prescribed medication and insulin have now stopped taking their medication and drink just this tea. Yeah, um, no, I was reading this doing- the incredible stuff you have here. I mean, it's it's a godsend, yeah. actually. Oh, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, we've been showing results within an hour. Uh, we had a gentleman oh, at our wow. home last night. Yeah, we had a gentleman at our yeah, home that's... last night. His blood sugar was over 400. Wow. And within an hour of drinking a cup of tea, we got him down 100 points. Oh, my God. So the stuff is absolutely amazing. And it, it's a, a nice alternative to the pharmaceutical roller coaster. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, now, one more thing, sir, before we leave. If somebody did want to get in touch with you to, 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 to schedule a talk or to schedule a book signing, uh, do you have uh, personal contact information that we can give out, uh, an email or anything? Sure. Actually, uh, people have been contacting me at either on the website or the, uh, the Facebook page or from uh, alverge at optonline.net. Awesome. I welcome anybody if they'd like to contact me that way. Um, and I'd, I'd be very open to doing more lectures and getting more of the word out because I, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor because I'm finding a lot of people that have had their own experiences that are afraid. 
So maybe through me, we can get it all out together and move on. Yes. And shed some more light in on this subject. You know, that's the other thing. The more people talk, the more things are uncovered. So I think that that's always a good thing. You know, a lot of people do keep this kind of stuff inside because they're afraid of ridicule. But whenever people are sharing the experiences, it becomes very real and very visceral. So people are really coming to the forefront now and talking. And, and again, Mr. Verge, I am so uh, honored that you were on our show. Again, Nightmare in the Woods. And thanks for stepping into inside the Goblin Universe with Brian and I today on the uh, Paranormal UK Radio Network. I appreciate having you here, my friend. No, thank you very much for having me. It was a, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. All right, folks. Until next time, I will I will uh, sign out here. Uh, again, my name is Ronald Murphy inside the Goblin Universe on the Paranormal UK Radio Network with my good buddy here, Brian Bowden, who did a fantastic job. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.